encourage all of you singing this morning. Sweet Spirit of God, your song service. I'm just glad to be saved today. I'm glad this is, that those songs is not written about somebody that I don't know about. I'm glad they ever extol blessings and honor unto the King of Kings and unto the Lord of Lords. What he's worthy of. I looked around this morning as we were singing those songs, and I don't mean to be ugly, and uh, but there's some of you not putting forth one bit of effort to even try to sing. And, uh, if you're not tried to lift, you say, "Well, preacher, I can't sing." It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter at all whether or not you think you can sing or not. What does matter is what you think about him. what he means to you, extolling his name, lifting his name, will sing praise unto the Lord. That's what the scripture says. Sing praise unto the Lord. Oh, sing unto the Lord. Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. So many times, God said, and God lets us know that he's honored through that part of worship. That's what singing is not. It's not supposed to be the prelude to preaching. Singing is to get your heart ready for worship. That's what singing is to do. To begin to worship the Lord. Some folks are going to get to heaven if they make it. They're going to enter the first time into worship that they've never entered into while on this earth because they failed to honor him and praise him in song. It is good to sing unto the Lord. It is good. John chapter 5 this morning. That's not what I'm preaching on. What I've just spoke about, but I'm preaching on John chapter 5, verse 9 verses. If you'll turn there with me today, John chapter 5, beginning to read with verse number 1. The Gospel of John chapter number 5, and verse number 1. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Oh, I'm glad to be saved today. I'm thankful that He's my God. Glad I got a Bible. <laughs> I'm sorry for every time I take it for granted. I'm sorry for every time I take him for granted. I'm sorry for every time I take the church for granted. I'm sorry for every time I've taken grace for granted. I just come to the conclusion this morning pretty well, I'm just sorry. After all he's done. After all he's done for me, what do I owe him? John chapter number 5, beginning with verse number 1. The Bible said, and after this there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus there, now, now there was at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. 
In these lay a great multitude of impotent folks, of blind, of halt, withered, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. A certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case. He saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I'm coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Father in heaven, thank you for the privilege this morning that I can call into a God so great as you. Thank you, God, for the privilege to read my Bible. And God, thank you, God, for the opportunity to stand today one more time as unworthy as I am. God, as undeserving as I am, thank you, Lord, that you've placed me in this ministry. And God, I pray today that you would help me as I stand one more time. God, I'm not here to make a fool out of myself or make certainly to bring you no shame and reproach. But God, if you could use me to exalt and extol the name of the Lord Jesus, if you'd help me today, dear God, to make big picture out of him, God, I pray you'd give me the words that I could paint pictures in the hearts of your people and help, Lord, that folks could see that are lost of what a great and mighty God we serve. Preach me, Lord, like a dying man to a dying world. Forgive me of my failures. And God, help me to be more what you want me to be than what I have been. And I'll be careful, Lord, to praise you. For I do love you, and I thank you, God, for loving me. For it's in Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen and amen. Thank you and be seated. A very familiar passage in the Word of God that we've read this morning. And we all know about it. We know, we've heard it preached. And I, I guess I've preached it just about as many times as I've preached about Zacchaeus climbing the sycamore tree. I've heard about it. I've preached about him. I've talked about this guy that lay by the pool of Bethesda. There's songs that's been written about him. There's a whole lot of question. I've heard debate over of whether or not this was actually an account. Actually, this was this uh, something that happened. I have no reason to doubt the Bible. I have no reason to doubt the Word of God. I'm going to believe just what the book says when it comes to this scripture. I'm going to believe that once a year there was an angel that troubled the water of the pool of Bethesda. And if you were the first one that got down into the water, then I'm going to believe that you were that person that were made whole. Can you imagine living there by that pool? As we look at the scripture this morning, our minds cannot help but go to a time and to a place in which that you and I live today. Uh, today we have so many different ideas and opinions about eternal salvation. Today we, uh, we, 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 we find that there's many that we talk to that really does not know what to believe when it comes to salvation. There's this flavor and that flavor. Even when you begin to get in the ranks of Baptists, there's so many different ideas about 
about salvation. There is uh, those that say repentance, repentance plus faith and, and that it's necessary in order for salvation. I will say that you cannot, you cannot separate repentance and faith, by the way, that, that when you repent, then you have to have faith. And when you have faith, there must be repentance. And so I, I do not take anything away from that. And then there's those that say, well, if you'll just say this prayer, and, and they say that repentance is a work and, and everything such as that. Well, I'm here to tell you today uh, that God never said in his Bible that you had to say a prayer. God, I, I know that I prayed when I got saved, absolutely. I did. I told you that last week. This is not a repeat message, by the way, either. But I'm praying that God will do with this message today that only He can, that that only He can do, and that is take it to the hearts of the hearers. You'll hear folks that say there's no flavors that would say that that security or that salvation is not eternal. Then it all depends upon you. I'm glad today to testify that salvation does not depend upon me. That it has nothing to do with me. That it had nothing. To, I had nothing to do with attaining salvation. But salvation is strictly of God. When the Lord Jesus said it's finished, it was finished. There's those that say it's more than just believing. Well, when you hear all of these different ideas of the different ones and different opinions of those that have uh, uh, that, that testify of salvation, it becomes very evident that there's so much that is left up to the individual today when it comes to the subject of salvation. Without the Bible, one would not know what to believe, would we? There are so many different things that are spoken. There are so many different things that are said. There are so many different teachings that are taught. that You wouldn't know what to believe without the Bible. I want to say this morning, I'm glad I have a Bible. I thank God for my Bible. I thank God for, my, for the book that God gave me in which that I can look to, and I don't have to listen at the ideas of men, but I can look at what thus saith the Word of God, and I can rest my eternal security in, in, in the words that are written upon these pages. I can know without a doubt in my mind that the God of heaven, in which cannot lie, did not write a lie, he did not write a confusing thought, but it is sound and it is settled forever. It's is settled in heaven. I'm glad today to testify that salvation can be a sure thing. There's those that say, well, I, you can't really know that you're saved until that you get to heaven. I, that would be a miserable life to live. That'd be a miserable life to live, not knowing that if you closed your eyes, whether or not you're going to lift your eyes in heaven or hell, there's some of you that are like that today. There's some of you that are, that, that are possibly here that you don't know when you die in, in the condition that you're in. You don't know really where you're going to spend eternity. You hope that you make it to heaven. You hope that you get there. You hope that, uh, that, 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 you, that you get something uh, that, that's going to make an eternal difference. But right now at this moment, you're really unsure about yourself. I'm glad I have a Bible. I'm glad I know what the Bible says. This guy that we've read about, this man that we read about that was at the pool of Bethesda was a man that was in the shape of many people today. 
He was impotent. He was paralyzed. He was lame. He was without any hope. He was dependent upon someone else. The Bible said in describing him that he had been this, with this infirmity for 38 years. For 38 years, I take it that, that maybe for 38 years he had been waiting on the stirring of the water. For 38 years he had laid there and, and he had maybe waited on this, uh, on this angel to come and to stir up the water so that, uh, that possibly he could, uh, could get down there. Maybe it all began in a day in which he had help, but, but finally the help, that, uh, the help that he would have to get down to the water, finally they would uh, get worn out and they'd say, I'm not, we've not made it. You never know what time he's coming. You never know when the angel's going to stir the water. Man, what in the world's going to happen? We find in the story, uh, that the, in the account here that we read, that finally the Lord Jesus comes by to where he is. Isn't it an amazing thing that the Lord saw this man where he was, and the Lord saw how he had been, and the Lord came to right where he was. Uh, he walked right up to him, and he talked to him. I, I'm just glad to testify that that's the same thing that, that the Lord did for me, uh, was he came right to where I was. Uh, he knew right what I needed. Uh, he spoke my name. Uh, he knew I was in trouble. He knew I was, he was the only hope that I had. And brother, he, he testified and he gave me the only help that I could ever get. I, he asked a question to this young man or to this man. And the question was, wilt thou be made whole? Wilt thou be made whole? If I'll preach to you this morning on the subject, if you'll give me the opportunity of just for a few minutes on the subject of wilt thou? be made whole. There is a personal question that is asked. The word Bethesda, first of all, let me tell you this, write this down if you've got something to write with. The word Bethesda means house of mercy. House of mercy. That is what the word Bethesda means. I'm glad Brother, that, uh, did you notice also about this house, this place is called the Pool of Bethesda? The Bible said in verse number two, having five porches. In other words, uh, there's five entrances into this water, into this pool that was there. There's five ways to get into this pool. I, if I know anything about Scripture and numerology in the Bible, I know that, that number five is the representative of grace. And, and I find that there's a grace and mercy mercy met there uh, here on this day. What a picture because that's the same thing that happened to us uh, is grace and mercy because of God's mercy upon us. Uh, he shined his grace unto us uh, and he allowed us to have his darling son uh, so we could have uh, eternal life. First of all, if you will, I want you to notice uh, the Bible said there was a crowd uh, at the pool. The Bible mentioned and said in verse number three uh, that there was a great multitude uh, of folks uh, these, this great multitude of people that were there. Notice this crowd, if you will. Uh, there were people that were there that were in need. Uh, I'm going to tell you, there's never been anybody uh, that's ever been born on the face of God's earth other than the Lord Jesus himself that didn't need eternal uh, salvation. I'm talking about from Genesis through Revelation. The only one that didn't need to be born again, the only one that didn't need to be saved was the Lord Jesus himself. We were all come to the same place uh, for the at the same time uh, for the same purpose uh, and we were all when we looked at we were in the same condition the crowd the, the multitude uh, here at this pool this great multitude 
They were all gathered together. They all needed the same thing. And let me tell you, friend, you're not the only one that's ever needed to be saved. You're not the only one that's ever been lost. If you see yourself lost, you're in good shape to be saved. You don't ever see yourself lost. You'll never get saved. I'm telling you that. I don't care how many prayers you repeat. I don't care, I don't care how many times you get to the baptismal pool. You got to see yourself lost. Oh, listen to me this morning. You're in the same condition as all the great multitudes of us. You see the crowd that was at the pool. Listen, you see the commonness, number two, of the people. The Bible said these impotent folk of blind, they were halt, they were withered. They were all there for the same reason. Uh, some had that one advantage over the others. I'm just going to tell you that there's a, I, I don't know why things are in life like they are, but everybody is not on a, 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 in society is not on a level playing field, okay? Uh, there's some that's born, you ever heard the statement, uh, born with a silver spoon in their mouth, amen? Uh, there's some that's been born, had everything given to them. Uh, but listen, when it comes to salvation, friend, uh, we're all on the same level. Uh, we're all on the same ground. We've all got everything in common. That is that we're a sinner and that there's only one way for heaven or for, for a person to attain heaven. You see, some had the advantage over others. There was those that were there. That they, may have, uh, they may have been a little more healthy than what others were. But listen, when it come to getting into the pool, they still had to be the first ones there and they had to stay awake and they had to be looking and they had to be aware of what was going on around them. They never knew at what time that water would be stirred. I got to thinking about that thing. I got to thinking about, about they never knew what time that water was going to be stirred. Can you imagine the sleepless nights that they spent? Can you imagine, listen, they wasn't wrote down in the calendar that this going to be on this day and that day. Oh, no, they just had to watch the water, and they just had to pay attention to the water. And when the water would be stirred, they had to get there. Some had the advantage. Some were able to. Others weren't able to. We notice the Scripture tells us about this impotent man. That when, in verse number 7, the Bible said that when the Lord asked him, Wilt thou be made whole? In verse number 7, he, the, the, he answered and said, I have no man when the water's troubled to put me into the pool. But while I'm yet, can't you picture him? Can't you picture him sitting down on his hunkers there and putting his hands down and dragging himself? And right before he gets to the pool, right before he gets there, somebody falls in there. Right before he gets there, and there the healing's already took place. It's gone. I'm glad salvation's not that away. I'm thankful there's plenty. I'm glad that didn't somebody get there before me, and it was all used up. There's still plenty of blood today. There's still the opportunity today. Hey, listen, I want you to look this morning. Look at this. Look at the commonness of the people. They were all basically in the same condition. Some could not see where to go to. They had to depend upon somebody else to tell them where to go. Well, they, had to, they couldn't see. Their eyes were blinded. And they, they, had to see, they had to depend upon somebody else to tell them. Oh, I hope you see what we're trying to get across this morning. 
Uh, some could not walk well. Uh, they had, the Bible said they were halt. The word halt means they were, uh, they had a, uh, we'll say it like this uh, in the old cowboy language, they had a, uh, they had a, a, a hop in their get along, okay? They had a halt. They were, they were limping. They were crippled. They were lame in some way. Some had withered body parts that were not usable. They were all there in the same need, waiting for once a year that occasion to occur so they could be healed. Y'all, that sounds, but y'all know that's the only hope they had at this time? <laughs> that's the only hope they had? Man, what an awful situation to be in. Think about that. What, an, what a hopeless situation. This old boy sounded hopeless, didn't he? Sir, I don't have anybody. Sir, you ask me, would I be made whole? I've been here 38 years, and I know it looks like I ought to have been there by now. But, but sir, I don't have anybody. Oh, but he didn't know things about to turn around right there. I don't have any man to help me. What helplessness there is. But oh, how great it would be. And that it's about to make the news of wilt thou be made whole. Notice number three, the comeliness of the poor. Each individual would envision being the first in the world. Don't you imagine that? Can't you imagine they had it planned out how they was going to do it? I was sitting there this morning thinking about this, and, and I got to imagining that that old boy said, you know, if I could just get a little inclination from, from the Lord of when this is going to come about, then I'd scoot myself right close to the edge. I'd scoot right there to close to the edge. And when that stirring would come, I'd just lean over and fall in that water. By the way, I did some more. And, and listen, y'all. You say, that wasn't no faith involved in that. I'm going to tell you what, friend. <laughs> I, I did a little. Go, go look it up for you. That pool was about 49 foot deep. I didn't realize that. They fell off in that dude. They better hope they get healed, don't they? Going to be in trouble. Reckon he perished, not being the first one there. Reckon some may have jumped in and may have hit the water second, third, or fourth. What happened to them? Makes it a little bit more understandable to me why that old boy would say, I. I don't have some man to help me. Won't you see the comeliness now of the pool? Some of them had to depend on another sinner to get them to the pool in time. I would imagine that boy sat there many a day and said, Oh, I'd love to be the first one this year. I'd love to be the first one in the pool. 
but nobody's here to help me. So I'm always just a little bit late. The comeliness of the fool. Number four, I want you to see the costliness of the, of the process. The preciousness of how often it would happen. Notice, Brother Mike, that he said there was a, a feast of the Jews and Jesus went to Jerusalem and now at Jerusalem by the sheep and marketplace in which is called the Hebrew tongue Bethesda having five porches. In these days a great multitude of infinite folks and blind halt withered waiting for the moving of the water for an angel went down at the certain season into the pool. At the certain season. Do a little research on that. They said that researchers said it was a, an occasion that would happen once a year. That they knew now what happens if something happens to them before the angel stirred the water. I'm getting somewhere with this now. Y'all hang with me, okay? There's a process that had to take place. But all of a sudden on this day, for some reason, that the Lord Jesus walked up to a man that had been impotent for 30 and 8 years and he and he asked him the question, Wilt thou be made whole? The guy didn't know how to be made whole. He didn't know what to do. But somehow or another that day, that, that it wasn't the angel that, uh, that was stirring the water anymore, but it was the angel of the Lord that showed up now at this time and it had not stirred the water, but he began to stir in his soul and began to let him know that, uh, that, that, that this is somebody different. Read the whole story and find out that he found out who this was a, a little later. He knew that, that it was Jesus that, that came and done this for him. Now understand this, uh, that, that, that the costliness of the process uh, that man... Uh, what happened if he if he didn't get there? What happened if he didn't? But all he had to do was to was to re realize that I'm looking at the one that can make me whole, and I better be obedient unto him when he he said, uh, "Wilt thou be made whole? Arise, take up thy bed and walk." Uh, he could have argued with the Lord and said, "Well, the angel ain't stirring the water, but it wasn't the angel he is waiting on anymore." You see, it's the sweet Holy Ghost of God, and it's the Holy Ghost of God that you're waiting on today. And if you're gonna get made uh, get made whole, you better not take for granted when God the Holy Ghost stirs your soul and lets you know that you need uh, to be born again, my friend. What you need today is to not let this offer opportunity pass you by please 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 don't let this opportunity pass you by this old boy probably lay awake at nights waiting on the stirring of the water so many today sitting under preaching of the cross and, and the convicting of the Holy Spirit and they'll say when God the Holy Ghost comes by their way, they say, I'll wait till later. Who really knows when? Anybody really know when? Who, who really knows where? told Heather last night <laughs> me and hers in the kitchen together by herself and we're talking and she was crying and I said baby there's one thing you can know for sure you got one baby in heaven tonight you 
got one there. I believe I'm trusting that the other two are going to be saved and they're going to, they're going to go to heaven as well. But, but right now, maybe you know that there's one that's there and, and oh, what comfort to know that she said, I wonder if what she said, and she wouldn't say that any, but she said, I wonder if Mima knows about it and I wonder if Papa know about it. And I was, I don't know all that don't matter. It don't really matter. But what, the, what matters is that they're there, and that's where Jesus is. And I don't imagine he's looking for, for Mima or for Papa, but I imagine that, he, uh, that he's looking on the eyes of the Savior right now, of uh, the one that's paid the debt and the way. And listen, you don't have to worry about that baby. Ones you need to be worried about, those that are in there in the kitchen and living room floor right now. Those are the ones you need to be crying over. Don't cry over that anymore. It's, a, it's in glory, but you need to be crying over the one that, that's in that floor right there. You need to be praying God will have mercy upon them and pray God will, will, will save their soul. I know he wants to. I know he will. But you better pray that they do not pass the opportunity by. Who really knows where? Does anyone really know when the Spirit of God's going to move on you? No, does anybody really know how many times God's Holy Spirit's going to pass you by? Going to come by where you are? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. I've heard people saying that, you know, that the Lord passed by me time and time and time again. I've heard them say the Lord dealt with them for years and years. And then I've heard some testify that the Lord only came by their way once. You better pay. You better know that the preciousness of when the Lord passes you by. Oh, friend, listen to me. If you listen to anything this old preacher says, please listen to me. If God the Holy Ghost is dealing with your heart, don't you take it for granted. Don't you, don't you think that I'll get it tended to later. Don't you even wait on an invitation. You bow your head and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ while there's opportunity now. And when you bow and believe on him, you'll be willing to tell it and you'll be willing to testify and you'll be willing to acknowledge that he's your Lord and your Savior. Friend, listen, there's a preciousness to the time when God's Holy Spirit passes you by. It's precious. Precious. Who at my door is standing, patiently drawing near? Songwriters, old songwriters throughout the ages have wrote songs such as, Oh, why not tonight? Do not let the world depart. Why not tonight? The question today is, wilt thou be made whole? Not will your child be made whole. Not will your husband be made whole or will your wife be made whole. Will your boyfriend or your girlfriend be made whole? But the question today is an individual question. It's written unto you, and that is, wilt thou be made whole? It's not something that anybody else can do for you. It's not even something anybody else can do with you. But it is something that can only take place in your life individually. Wilt thou 
be made whole. Look at the conclusion of the problem. We see in this young man's, or this man's life that he had to realize that the only person that his healing was contingent upon was himself. The healer was there. Wasn't he? He was looking at him in the eyeballs. The healer was there. The question is, wilt thou be made whole? He never asked him to say anything special. He never asked him to do anything that he was incapable of doing, but he said, wilt thou? Here's what he's saying. Are you willing? Are you willing to be made whole? The Bible tells us that it's not the will of the Lord that any man should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Bible tells us that God said, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The Word of God testifies and tells us that God is a whosoever will God. If you die in your sins, you die lost, you die without a Savior, you will not be able to lay the claim upon anyone else other than it being your own fault is the reason that you're lost because you're unwilling. Pride keeps you from acknowledging that you're lost. Pride keeps you from testifying that you're lost. The devil wants you to be prideful. The devil, he wants you to be proud. The devil don't want, want you to, he wants you to say, don't you let them folks see you all tore up. Don't you let them see you concerned. You know you're a good person. You know you're just, and you just might be just as good as everybody else. But you're still good and lost. You still need a Savior. Are you willing to be made whole? You see, Jesus dying on the cross fulfilled all that was needed for a man's justification. The rest depends upon us. And lastly, let's look at the cure for the problem. The cure for the problem. Rise, the Lord said. Take up thy bed and walk. You know what he had to do? What he had never done before. Ain't that right? He had to do what he had never done before. Rise. Take up your bed and walk. What, what do you mean, preacher? Well, first of all, he had to believe that Jesus was the way for him to be made whole. How was he going to rise? Do you, do, you ever think he had, do you ever think he had tried to put weight on his legs before? You know what I believe? I believe he had. I believe there may have been times he may have been sitting there, Brother Mike and Allstar, his old legs all drawn up. He, he, might have, he might have pushed a little bit with his legs and didn't have the ability or the feeling there. Boy, if I could just stand up one time. And all of a sudden, the Lord looked at him and said, Rise, take up your bed and walk. And there's just something different about it this time. Why? Because the Lord's there. 
Why? Because he's the one that spoke it. You know, you may have prayed before, and you may have said nothing ever happened. Uh, but friend, uh, that, then all of a sudden, the Lord's here. And you may need, right when the Lord's in the midst, you might need to say, God, I believe you. And you might need to rise up and take up your bed and walk. The question is, wilt thou be made up? Wilt thou? be made whole. So today if you leave here lost I'm done. I'm going to be just as nice about being ugly as I can. If you leave here lost today it's because that's what you want to be. If you leave here lost today it's because you're going to choose hell over heaven. If the Holy Spirit of God is dealing in your heart and you know if you're guilty, you can say what you want to to me and everybody else, but you know whether or not in your heart you're guilty of sin. If you leave here lost today, it's because you've chosen hell. Preacher, I can't believe you'd say that. I don't know any other way to say it. We've been sweet about it too long. We don't want to offend. We don't want to offend the lost people. I'm gonna tell you what. When I was lost, and I found out I was lost, I was offended. Amen. I was offended. The word of God offended me, but it did not run me off. But it drew me. The question this morning: Wilt thou look up here at me? up here. Do you want do you want to know tonight that right now that you're saved without a doubt in your mind? Isn't it miserable to go through your life questioning whether whether or not you're going to make it to heaven? Isn't it? Remember being lost? Remember what it was like? Boy, it'd be good if we could all remember what it was like to be lost. I believe we'd get a little bit more fire in our bosom again. Remember again what it was like to be lost and on your way to hell. Remember what it was like when you were, uh, when you were in your sins and you knew that you were lost. You, you ought to remember that and just pray a little harder for those that are there. Those of you today, you sit there and you and God the Holy Ghost has been so good to you. Every Sunday you come, He deals with you. Every Wednesday night, He deals with you. Every time you come down to the house of God, He deals with you. You say, well, I do this but this, and I do this but that. And all them buts is going to take you to a lake of fire if you ain't careful. Tell you what you better do. You better make sure that you know Jesus today. Wilt thou? Be made whole.